Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. Today is one of my favorite podcast episodes ever because I'm talking with Haley, who's a holistic health practitioner, and we are chatting all things from hormones to trusting your intuition, the connection between your mind, body, and your spirit. I hope you'll love this episode as much as I do. So let's dive in. Haley, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. How are you doing today? Thanks, Lexi. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm... I'm feeling a little bit seasonally depressed. It's pouring down rain. I had a video that just went viral on TikTok about, I I literally got like a grass bubble in my yard and people are like, oh, a lawn cyst. And then people are like, (laughs) they they physically cannot wrap their mind around the fact that it rains so much in Washington. They're like, it has to be a pipe burst. I'm like, it's literally, it's, it's raining, like it's pouring. So I'm, I'm ready to get into the sun. So I don't know uh, how you do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I'm really trying to move to Arizona. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Uh, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking a matcha latte. I made myself, I'm like a big matcha. I don't drink coffee, but I do tea and I'm like really into matcha. If you follow me on Instagram, that's literally like all I'm talking about. So, okay. So I'm, I'm interested to hear, what, how does matcha help you? Like, does it have caffeine in it? It's yes. healthier for you, right? Yes. Matcha is amazing. So you know, people drink green tea, like, and it comes like it's the leaves. Well, matcha, they take the entire leaf and then grind it up. So it makes this beautiful, like bright green. Sorry. There's like a giant truck driving by. Uh, if you guys hear that in the back, uh, it makes this beautiful, bright green powder. And so if you think about green tea is known for being high in antioxidants, it's uh, lightly caffeinated, like 50 milligrams or less 40 to 50 milligrams. Uh, but you're getting the benefits of the entire leaf of, of consuming the entire leaf. So really, it's really great. It started in Japanese um, and Chinese culture, typically used in tea ceremonies. Monks used it for and continue to use it to give you sort of that Zen energy. So you don't get that really um, kind of shaky uh, high for that you get from coffee, but you get a nice Zen energy and it's really good for balancing your mood and it's really high in antioxidants, great for your skin, all the things. Okay. So can I just buy any matcha off the street or is there like a specific brand that's like, okay, this one's a really good one you should look into. So I kind of bounce around. I'm like, uh, I'm a, a, I'm I'm not super, I am, I am, um, loyal to brands, but I like to try new things all the time. So I'm drinking, it's from Tenzo, T-E-N-Z-O. I really like their matcha. Um, Four Sigmatic actually makes some fantastic matcha powders that have like added uh, medicinal mushrooms in them as well. Um, I typically just want to go for um, ceremonial grade matcha, which is going to be the highest grade of matcha. Um, And then I think culinary grade is really great for cooking and stuff. But if you look for ceremonial grade, that typically will give you a good quality matcha. All right. I am jumping on the internet after this and I'm going to do it. (laughs) Well, give me a little bit of background about you. Yeah. So my name's Haley Fountain. I am a, I've got all the like, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G letters. Cause I'm one of those people that needs to have a land certification. So I'm a, a integrative nutrition health coach. I'm a um, certified internationally accredited health coach. And I'm also getting my advanced certification in hormonal health right now. Um, so yeah, I help women, uh, balance hormones, uh, heal, you know, gut issues. And I'm really passionate about educating people on the mind, mind body connection and how that impacts our physical, mental, spiritual health. So that's in a nutshell, that's me. (laughs) You're speaking my language. Oh my gosh. Everything. I'm like, we could do like six podcasts about everything that you just said. I've got all day. So let's do it. Right. (laughs) Yes. So to start, um, what got you interested in holistic health, specifically hormones? Yeah, it's been 
sort of a snowball effect. So like most people in this field, I had all these health issues that I just really got tired of taking a million medications for. So I decided to learn alternate ways to heal my, my body. Um, and I think, you know, it started with gut issues as a kid, I was taking a lot of medications. I was taking, um, I had really bad acid reflux. I was taking like antacids, which are so bad for you. If you're taking those really try to, you know, I'm not a doctor, but do your best to try to figure out alternate stuff because those are really harmful for your body. And I, yeah, I just got tired. I was like, yeah, this pill is going to fix this issue, but then it's going to cause three other issues. So like, what's the point? Right. Um, and so I, that kind of started my journey and it was just sort of like trial and error of learning how, um, you know, natural remedies. And I love, again, like I said earlier, I love trying new products and trying new things. And I'm like the number one experiment in everything that I do before I share with things with people. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, when I got to, uh, I think it was 2015, I, you know, I was like, I've been on the birth control pill at that point for, um, six or seven years. And I started to learn about, you know, the, the side effects, what they're calling post birth control syndrome, what happens to your body when you stop taking the pill. And I was like, you know what, I think I'm ready to, to look for some alternate solutions to that as well. Some of the issues that I was having, um, lo and behold, when you stop taking the pill, you know, people get on the pill to regulate their cycle or to have, um, you know, for multiple reasons, for skin reasons, when you stop taking the pill, those things just come back with a vengeance. So I had to learn how to heal all that naturally as well. And I just got really passionate. One, I was really frustrated because there weren't a lot of resources out there, uh, but that quickly changed into like, okay, well, I'm going to create resources for people because there are other solutions. And uh, I want people to, to know what their options are. So that's where I kind of got the passion about hormonal health. Um, so I got certified as a, as a health coach and then I enrolled in this advanced course and just, yeah, everything I've learned has been through lots of research, trial and error. Um, and yeah, now my school. So it's great. Yeah. I love the fact that you said that you are always the guinea pig in the beginning. Yeah. I think a lot of people just listen to information and information and, they're getting it from people who haven't even tried it themselves. So I, I really respect that about you that you're like, I try literally everything first before I recommend, because what if, I mean, you don't want to be that person that's like recommending something and then it adversely affects, affects, what, what am I trying to say? Adversely affects somebody <laughs> um, <laughs> because of that. So with the hormones, I know that this has been a conversation that more and more people are having. I know on this podcast, I've ha had a conversation about hormones and birth control with my naturopath. I've actually saw a post that went viral a couple days ago about birth control and the culture of, oh, get on it for lighter periods and less acne. And now they're being left with PCOS and endometriosis and all of these conditions. So I think it's really important that we're having this conversation. So in your opinion, specifically, why are hormones important to pay attention to? Our hormones, our, our, they are our chemical messengers that tell our body exactly what to do, when to do it and how to do it. Um, they're kind of like the silent warriors. Like when we think about, when people think about, let me, I, not when people, when the majority of people think about, let's be healthier. It's about, you know, I want to eat less calories and I want to exercise. That's what people generally think. Not all, not you and I, of course, and many of the people listening to this, but the majority of people think that. And the problem is we don't take into account hormonal health 
which is literally, it's telling, it doesn't matter what you're eating or how often you're working out. If your hormones are out of balance, things are not going to go smoothly for your body. So, you know, for example, I'll give you a very simple example. Like, and you know, I talk about hormones a lot in the sense of uh, female, you know, reproductive hormones, but we also have so many other hormones like ghrelin, the hormone that tells your body when you're hungry or not. So if that one's out of whack, then you could be, you're not, you're not satiated after you eat. Um, like your, um, you know, adrenaline and a cortisol that's going to impact your stress. So if your, your cortisol is at a lot of whack, then you're going to feel super stressed all the time or extremely fatigued if you don't have enough of it. So there's, and they're all, it's almost like a cocktail mixture. They all kind of like, if one is slightly off and everything is off, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess a cocktail or maybe baking a cake is a better example, right? Because, uh, when you bake a cake, if you don't get the ingredients exactly right, then everything is going to be off. It's going to taste off in the entire cake. So. Um, our hormones are sort of the, the backbone to every other element of our health. So, and then specifically for women, um, you know, we, because of our, we are reproductive, well, men and women are both reproductive by nature, but we are, our fertility and our reproductive system is tied so intricately into the rest of our body. So really important to pay attention to that stuff and at least have a base understanding of what's actually happening behind the scenes in our bodies. Yeah, I have really whack, out of whack hormones. My cortisol levels are insane. My naturopath did a, it's called the Dutch test. I don't know if you've heard of that before, yeah. but she did that. And then it showed when I was waking, I like, I had this huge spike and then literally by noon, it was like plummeted down. And then when I was trying to go to bed, it would start rising a little bit again. And so she was like, yeah, it's like, I think she described it as a triangle. There's I think three different, I don't know, but she was yeah. like, yeah, you're out of whack. So I'm on cortisol stuff now and I do have PCOS also. So my hormones are all out of whack. I've had cystic acne my whole life. So this conversation is so interesting to me. So for people who may not realize that they, they might not have acne, they might have pretty regular periods. Maybe they just don't even think that anything's going on with their hormones. Maybe there's not, but what is something that's really, really, really surprising that your hormones can affect that you might be like, Oh my God, is that my hormone? hormone. Yeah, that's a great question. Literally everything. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely everything. Um, one of the things that I see a lot with the people I work with is unexpected weight gain. Uh, so I'll have clients who they're like, I don't understand. I do this hit workout four times a week and I haven't touched a carb since 1999. I don't understand why I'm suddenly gaining weight. And I see in women a lot, particularly in the abdomen and in the, uh, the hip area and uh like in thighs and you know a lot of people attribute that to aging or just you know as you get older which is which is true you're gonna you know put on a little bit more body fat as you get older but uh they'll kind of have like and it's and they're not you know hitting menopause yet and so they can't quite figure out what is causing that and quite often it could be a, a hormonal imbalance um acne uh, gut issues can actually be hormonal sometimes they're those two and that's why i work in both of those areas because they're so intricately connected um, problems with like your hair, skin, and nails are typically a sign of hormonal issues. Um, even like changes in your body odor. Like if you notice all of a sudden you're like, I just, you know, we all, we all have our own smell. Like, not, you know, it, just, it, it could be stronger and less strong depending on what you're doing and how often you shower, but, um, changes in the way your body smells can be also an indicator of something hormonal. Um, 
I mean, quite literally everything can be impacted by your hormones. And maybe those are a few that may or may not be so obvious for some people. Gosh, that is so interesting. Well, I know that you said something about the mind gut connection and my husband had ulcerative colitis and ever since that, and he had to get his colon removed and there was like a lot of crazy things that went on with that. That's when I really started getting interested in the mind gut connection and the fact that what is it? 90, 90 or 95% of your serotonin, like your, your happiness. Is that a hormone? Yes. That's the happy hormone, the feel good hormone. Yeah. It's made in your gut. And I'm like, why is nobody talking about that? What the heck? Yeah. Tell me about it. That's like my conversation every day. Yeah. There's such a, and, and science is really just beginning to understand the connection between the gut and the brain and really every other, you know, connection with every organ for that matter. But Um, it's really beautiful. There's still a lot of studies and work to be done in that area, but I'll tell you what some of the things I found have found interesting from that research and the things that are coming out. So science is now referring to the gut as the second brain. And that's for several reasons. One, we actually have more neurons in our gut than we do in our spinal cord, which is so crazy. Cause if you think about your spinal cord, that literally connects your brain to the rest of your body, but you actually have more neurons in your gut down there. Um, our, most of our immune system is actually in our guts. Like you said, most of our serotonin is produced in our gut. So there's a lot going on in there. Um, so it's really beautiful how, you know, you can actually impact your mood and, uh, your, or your gut rather can impact your mood and your mood can impact your gut, right? The things that you have going on mentally, whenever you have, um, whenever you're under high levels of stress, uh, you're obviously pumping out a lot of cortisol and adrenaline, which are the stress hormones, which, you know, they get a bad rap, but we need, we need cortisol. We just need it at the right times, right? Uh, we don't want it. We don't want cortisol to be increasing in the evening. So, you know, cortisol gets a bad rap, but it's, you want to have healthy balances of everything. No hormone is good or bad. It's just the amount that matters. So when you're really stressed, you're pumping out all that cortisol and I like to explain it um, to keep it kind of simple, the whole, the whole stress cycle. If you think about if you were really stressed, the way that our bodies actually um, evolved it to keep us safe was through the stress cycle. So let's say this, there's a perceived threat. There's, you're a, a primal being and there is a giant saber-toothed tiger chasing you, right? So your body says threats. We got to get out of here. So I'm going to pump up that cortisol and I'm going to pump up that adrenaline so that you get scared and your heart rate's going to increase. Your respiratory rate's going to increase. You're going to start sweating to cool you down. And so you can run away from that tiger, right? Or maybe so you can fix your little stick and make it sharp and fight the tiger, right? So, which is all really helpful. And so your body also, whenever those hormones get released, your body says, okay, well, right now is not the best time to digest food or it's not the best time to poop. Like I need to, you know, let's, let's turn all that off right now. Uh, also not the best time to reproduce and, and get pregnant and have a baby, right? Cause I got to fight this tiger. So not the best time. So I'm going to turn all those functions off and we're going to prepare to fight that tiger. And then after you fought the tiger or after you ran away from the tiger, your body, all, all that would regulate, right? you would, uh, respiratory rate would lower, your heart rate would lower, your uh, body temperature would return to normal, and you'd get a nice release of serotonin, oxytocin, all the feel-good, happy hormones. Beautiful, right? But the problem is now we are being chased by a saber-toothed tiger 24-7. 
right? You're sitting in traffic on your way to work, saber-toothed tiger. Your boyfriend's texting you and you're getting in a fight, saber-toothed tiger. Your boss is, you know, texting you at uh, 11.30, you're sending you emails and you feel like you have to respond right away, saber-toothed tiger. Like we are on 24 seven, right? So what's happening is then those other organ functions, our reproductive system, our digestive system are off 24 seven, right? So that you can see how over time, that would cause a whole host of other issues. So, um, you know, that's where that connection is. And to kind of just bring it back and answer it simply, basically, you know, managing stress is so important to actually allow your body to go through that, that cycle. And then if you think about it, if you turn, if you turn off a normal function for long enough, like think about your car, if you turn off that function for long enough, uh, you can't just turn your car back on and go for a drive if it's been off forever, right? It's gonna be like, eh, 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 it's gonna be doing that little thing for a while might be a little shaky, might need to get an oil change, all those things. So I, I'm giving you guys this analogy. I hope that that kind of answers your question though, but basically that connection. And then also, like I said, you know, with the, with the hormonal stuff happening in your gut, whenever your gut is off um, and you've got, you know, low levels of serotonin or you're not producing serotonin as needed, or your body's not absorbing, you know, the uh, vitamins and minerals that are really important for normal um, cognitive function to get your brain functioning normally and hormonal function, that's where sometimes mood disorders um, and other things like depression and anxiety have been linked to gut issues as well. So it's a beautiful cadence, uh, but a very delicate dance as well. <laughs> yeah, I love the way you described that about the saber-toothed tiger and you brought it back to real life examples that literally every single one of us, I would hope, <laughs> are dealing with right now. Cause it's like, okay, the, the one that you said about your boss, emailing you at night and you feel like you have to respond immediately. I have felt that so many times, but I never link that to, oh my God, I'm stressed out. It's just like, Ugh, why are they messaging me right now? That's more of the thought in my mind. But I can see now that I'm like looking at it with a new level of awareness that, yeah, I can think back to my stomach dropped, you know, that like physical sensation and that physical feeling you get. Wow. I just, I love yeah. that, that you said, it. I love that you said that. No, I love that you said that too, because, and that was one of the things I, when I was starting my journey, I hired a health coach. And one of the first things she told me, she was like, they're called feelings because you feel them. And we don't often connect our emotions and our feelings to actual physical sensations, but that's another beautiful example of how we are, you know, multifaceted beings, spiritual, mental, physical, right? When you feel nervous or anxious, your stomach drops. When you're excited, when you feel excited, you get butterflies in your stomach. When you feel stressed and, and, and um, you know, maybe just like you have so much work to do, you get tense in your shoulders, got the weight of the world on your shoulders, right? Like we feel our feelings physically. Um, so yeah, I love that you said that because I, I'm a big believer in that. When you cry, that is literally a feeling coming out of you, right? Like that's not the only feeling that you feel is tears. Like if you ignore all those other feelings, they're just going to get stored in your body and then they're going to come out in ways that like illness or disease or um, anxiety, depression, like there's so many things that if we don't deal with our emotions and those feelings and, you know, number one, allow ourselves to feel them and heal from them, then it's, it's just going to create a whole different plethora of problems. What was that quote? It was, um, if you don't make time for your wellness, you're going to be forced to make time for your illness or something along those lines. And I'm like, yes, that is so 
like mind blown, right? And going back to my husband, I think that a part of his ulcerative colitis was an emotional thing. I think that he had a lot of emotion swept under the rug or into the gut and it came out at one certain point. And then he, you know, at, at that point it was like the match was in the hayfield, you know, the wild, the wildfire started and ultimately he wasn't able to battle it in time. Like he was literally going to die. Like he could not lose any more weight. So we got his colon removed and he's hundred percent fine now, but in retrospect, it was just interesting. I'm like, I wonder how much of that was an emotional thing. It is. It's, it's crazy how it's all connected and going back to what you said, cause this is something um, that I have just been researching, you know, recently is, is actually what they call the stress cycle. I don't, I can't, I don't remember who exactly coined the term, so I can't give them credit here, but it's not my work. Um, I was, I've read about it in a few books, but they're calling it the stress cycle and you basically have to complete the cycle. So, um, and what that means is like, you're, you know, if you were running from the saber tooth tiger, um, you would run, 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 run. And they, and they call it the fight, flight, or freeze response, right? So you, let's say fight, first you're gonna fight the tiger. Um, after you fought the tiger, you would get to, you know, you'd kill it and you'd get to eat, it's a feast. Like you, you have this huge animal at the time, they don't have access to food, right? So you get to eat, you have a celebration maybe with your community, your stomach is full on, and again, hormones regulate. If you had to flight, run away, eventually you'd run, 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 and get, run, get all that adrenaline and cortisol out of your body through that exercise. And then you can rest, you can sleep, hormones, go back to normal. Or the last one is a last resort. You'll see this animals in the wild do this. They actually freeze. So they will, as a last resort to get away from a threat, they will freeze and play dead basically. And you'll see after um, they, that happens, if they were successful in pretending that they were dead, they, they're shaking. And the reason that they're shaking is because they have all that adrenaline and cortisol in their body and their body has no way to get rid of it. So when it's pumping through their veins, it actually makes them shake. So to tie that back to, to us, you know, if you are in that sort of loop of saber tooth tigers chasing me, you might need to actually, you know, go exercise or go for a run and physically get that energy that those hormones and that energy out, or maybe a really nice cry, a physical release can actually help you. Because again, like if you think about it, if you were like running from an actual physical threat afterwards, you would probably break down and cry. You would just have a moment to be like, Oh my gosh, what just happened? You know? So give yourself a cry, maybe a nice like scream. Like I know that sounds ridiculous, but like putting your head in a pillow and screaming can actually release a lot of that, that energy or even shaking, literally you know, they say, shake it off, shake it off, like literally shaking it off and getting that energy out. So those a big, a big elements of stress. We are all in the beginning of that cycle where, you know, the tiger is chasing us, but we never actually get to the end of that cycle of completing that stress loop so that we can regulate the rest of our body. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I love that you gave all of the different ways that you can release that because I think a lot of people would be like, okay, yeah, I'm really stressed out, but like, what can I do about it? I can't just like get rid of my kids. I can't just quit my job because then I'll be stressed about money. So the fact that you gave like tangible things that you can do pretty much right now is amazing. Amazing. I love that. Um, so tying it back to the mind, body, spiritual connection, where is modern medicine and society as a whole getting it wrong? So that's a great, gosh, that's a, you ask really good questions, Lexi. How much time do you have? Uh, <laughs> I um, have all the time. <laughs> right. I think we have like 15 minutes left, but we're going to figure this out. Um, 
in a nutshell, at least from my perspective, and you know, I'm I'm relatively young in this world. I've got uh, there are much more seasoned people who have been doing this a lot longer than me. But what I have observed is your only options, whether you're seeking healthcare or you are a healthcare provider, your only options are to go Western medicine, pop a pill for everything, you know, go in, get your get your your drugs, and go on your way, or cuckoo wacky i'm gonna do a rain dance whatever that's what that's what's happened is just like everything else you know just like politics just like everything going on in our society right now everything is so polarized right you can like if i just you know heaven forbid i want to try to not take a medication and take an herb or something and just try it i am cuckoo wacky witch doctor you can either be cuckoo wacky witch doctor or you can be the the pop a pill for everything, right? So you can either say, I'm gonna be, you know, I wanna be healthy and I wanna be, um, maybe just look, seek an alternate option that doesn't require taking a drug and you are kooky wacky witch doctor. Or you can say, you know, to your naturopath or whatever, and like, I love naturopaths, so I'm not hitting on anybody, but you can say to somebody that, uh, I, oh, I, you know, I think I need to maybe do something a little more a little more aggressive. Like I want to try taking this medication and it's like, oh, you're a pill popper. Like that's not natural. That's bad. And like we've labeled everything as bad and good, but there has to be a happy medium, right? Like I'm never here to tell my clients to stop taking medications. I'm always here to say, just understand what the side effects are and maybe try to seek a longer term solution. And same thing to the people who are really, really suffering. I'm never going to tell them, you know, well, you can't take medications. Like you just have to you know, go all natural and suffer for the rest of your life, right? You have to find that happy medium. So I think that's what's what's the problem is those two sides of the spectrum aren't communicating enough and saying, how can we help this person not only solve the issue they're having right now, but also have a high quality of life overall? Yeah, I, I think you're so right. Just with everything, I don't know why everything has to be like, you're either on this side or on, you're on that side. You're either with the science or you're woo-woo, you know? And it's like, why can't we, why can't we be both? Why can't we, if we break our leg, right? This is the best example I can think of. If you break your leg and you have to have surgery, right? You have to have it operated on and put back in place and it's going to be painful. So you're going to get some pain relievers, right? But you also start doing physical therapy and naturally start rebuilding those things that you have fractured and injured and hurt. You know. I think a lot of Western medicine, Western medicine, natural, not the, the non-natural, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, other, I know. <laughs> the other side. I think that the problem with that is that a lot of people look at it like, okay, well, I have my pill now, so I'm good, right? But at the end of the day, those are really just like masking a lot of symptoms. Like, pain, for example, is a symptom of something else. It's not like, oh, I'm just in pain. You know, there's something going on. That's why you're feeling pain. Or if you're feeling anxious, that's just a symptom for something deeper. So I, that's why I really like naturopaths is because I like to solve start from the root, you know, like fix the root and then everything that blossoms from there, that's it's really beautiful. It's it's not like, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to like spray paint a flower and make it beautiful. You know, it's like, no, you, you replant the flower, 
make it beautiful, water it, nurture it instead of like trying to do quick fixes because that's just at the end of the day, then you're going to start adding more pills and more this and more that. You can do both, but I think everything needs to be in moderation. There has to be a balance. And I, I love what you said about that because that's a big uh, part of you know what I work on. It's like, okay, well, let's solve the issue at hand, but let's also get to the root of the problem so we don't have that issue again. And like, there has to be a balance of, okay, I'm having this issue. Here are my options. Here are the medications I can take. And here are the natural things I can do. And like, uh, there's, I also think there's a big opportunity in our healthcare system for, you know, more education and informed consent as well. And I get it. Doctors are busy. They've got a lot going on. It's, there's a lot of weight on their shoulders. So like, by no means am I, you know, um, you know, saying anything bad about doctors. They're so amazing, but we often work, we work in a, uh, a sick care environment. It's like, you're sick, let's get you better. But it's like, what can we do to like prevent you getting sick in the first place or make it so you don't get sick as often. Right. And I take that back to like, you know, the birth control, as you were talking about the birth control pill, I am not anti-birth control. Like I'm not anti-birth control pill by any means. Like it is a really great option for a lot of women, especially as a contraception method. If women who are, you know, building their careers, it's been a fantastic, you know, thank goodness this came up because women can build their careers and not get bogged down by, you know, having children before they're ready for that, which is such a blessing. Um, but, you know, again, with any medication you take, there are side effects and there's not enough education. There's not enough informed consent out there about, or we're not, we're not giving the option of form of informed consent to take, you know, what this, when taking this pill, what it's going to do to our body. And that's where I get frustrated because if I had, you know, I started taking the birth control pill at 17 because I was having really painful periods. Well, if somebody had told me that one, the painful periods would still be there when I stopped taking the pill, the pill. And two, if they had told me all the fertility issues and that I had a higher risk of certain types of cancers and all these things, I, maybe I still would have taken it. Maybe I wouldn't have, maybe I would have taken it for a shorter period of time. Maybe I would have taken it for the same period of time. Maybe I would have kept taking it for longer. I don't know, but I should like, I wish I had been told those things. And I wish I'd also been presented with other options as well for what I was dealing with. I think that's, that's the disconnect. Now, how do we fix that? I have no idea, but I can tell you that's, that's the biggest disconnect is it's like everyone should under, and like, and also it goes back to as well as individuals we have outsourced our health, right? We outsource our health to a doctor, to a health coach on Instagram. There's so many people that ask me so many questions and I'm like, I love you. I want to help you so badly, but you got to go talk to like a, you know, a licensed medical professional about this, but they, you know, people will outsource their health to everybody, but you have to be your biggest health advocate. You have to say, okay, here's my options. Maybe seek a second opinion. No one doctor or one natural uh, naturopath or healthcare provider or anything none of them are going to be, uh, you know, the know-all be-all. And if they are telling you they are, then that's an issue. And I personally wouldn't want to see somebody who isn't, you know, thinks they know everything. Um, you have to take, you, be your own health, health advocate and learn about your body and learn about your options and make the best choice for you. Yeah. It's so important. You have to have a good relationship with your body. And I think that that in the past has been pretty demonized about having a good relationship with your body. Um, for example, I don't want to be polarizing, but I will be. I have not gotten the COVID vaccine because there is something inside me whenever I think of it, it literally gives me a visceral reaction. Like I feel it in my gut, like my gut drops. It makes me anxious. It makes me feel weird. And I'm like, you know what? Give me COVID. 
we'll see what happens. It's, it's interesting because I have a good relationship with my body and on the internet now I see that if I don't do this one thing because somebody else told me to do it or because a scientist told me to do it, you know, depending on which one, um, then I'm deemed as this, that, and the other thing. Like I'm a grandma killer. I don't respect other people. I'm selfish, which that's funny to me. I'm like, how am I selfish when you're telling me what I should do with my body? You know, but I have a good relationship with my body. I listen to my body. Like I intuitively eat these days. Like I actually sit here and I think, okay, what am I craving? Is it something salty? Okay. That means I should probably add some more sodium to my diet or is it something sweet, you know, and then I can make a healthy option from there. But that goes to show that like, I actually listen. And when I'm feeling anxious now, I do yoga instead of self-sabotaging myself and like going and grabbing a cocktail instead, which is what I used to do. But now I'm like, okay, I need to stretch out. I need to like release some of that anxiety and like really just get back to my breath. And so anyway, I just feel like it's, it's such an interesting concept in society. Like we're taught that we, we should not and cannot trust our intuition. Yeah. And there's so many reasons that that has come about. I think part of it is, you know, marketing companies and uh, the powers that be, you know, taking advantage of people outsourcing that for profit. I think some of it is personally, we've just gotten lazy. Some, a lot of us have just gotten lazy and, and, you know, it's just too much to deal with and it's a lot of work. And we, again, we have so many other responsibilities and things like people are using their brains like 10,000 times more than they were, you know, a hundred years ago. Like it's crazy. So we have all these decisions to make and it's just easier to outsource it, you know, and, and, and we don't, we don't take time to slow down and stop. So we just start to, um, you know, we just outsource it all. I'm like, let me just take a pill. And so I can be, be better in a day or so, you know, like I think about something as simple as like the flu or, I mean, COVID, they haven't come out with a, with a medication. Or I think there's some stuff that's come out, but they haven't come out with like a fix it pill, but like people get the flu, they put you on like a Z pack or something that gets you better in five days. Right. Well, like, you know, I also look at it as if I'm getting sick a lot, that might be my body telling me I need to slow down. Right. Like my body, like your body's going to, and you said something to the likes of this earlier, your body is going to give you whispers. And if you don't listen to those whispers, it's going to start screaming at you. Right. So those whispers could look like, you know, being very fatigued during the day, or maybe, you know, you're just starting to get like a little bit of your hairs falling out, like um, just small abnormal things that you don't really always connect. Uh, you don't always connect those dots, you know, but like little things here and there, everybody's going to start saying, uh, or you're going to feel, you know, you're going to have trouble sleeping or your bowel movements are going to be kind of weird or just little things. And then over time, if you don't address those little things, they're going to become really big things. And then your body's going to like literally force you into submission and force you to, to slow down and rest. And then if you, if you force your body back into submission and say, no, I'm going to take drugs and get you, you know, and just do this. Well, it's like an endless loop. And again, I'm not saying if you get the flu, you can take a Z pack, but maybe take a couple of days off of work and sleep too. Like, don't just go right back at it, you know? So it's like, it's that. And, it, and that, all that goes back to like what you said, listening to our body, trusting ourselves and, uh, you know, obviously seeking advice from those who are qualified to give us advice, but also listening to our own body and understanding that there is, um, you know, multiple, there's a lot of opinions out there and, that, you know, you have to make the best decision for yourself in, in terms of anything that has to do with your health, because it is your body. 
Yeah. And there's no one size fits all. Like sometimes birth control for some people is great for them. They have no side effects with it. But I think, I think it's the blanket of like, well, because this works for me or because this person said I should do this, you need to do it too. There's so much nuance in the world. And the fact that we are starting to lose that and be challenged by it if somebody else isn't directly in line with where we are, it just blows my mind. Like, no, none of us are the same at all. Like, we have different childhoods, different upbringings, different traumas, different anxieties, different parents, different siblings, different socioeconomic statuses, different weather. Like, there's so many different things, lived experiences that go into who we are and how we perceive the world and our baseline stress level and just our genes, our DNA, like literally everything. So to think that just because something worked for you or somebody told you that you should do this does not mean that everybody else in the world needs to. And that's, that's my freaking Ted talk with health stuff. Like just if you if you if all of us looked inside of ourselves instead of looking outside and being like well you need to do this for me well you need to do that and you need to blah 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 that that's what would heal the world in my opinion because we're we're so outer, outwardly focused on what everybody else is doing but if we really looked inside and healed what's inside us that's like being like hey pay attention to me hello hello you know which is hard i'm not saying that it's just like easy but if we did that then what we the product of what we would put out in the world would be so much better so much better yes and everything you're saying i'm like there's so many like tangents we could go down or like different uh we could have six different uh six different ted talks from this but i agree with you i think and that's something that's really hard too honestly um, one thing that I really strive to do with my clients is, you know, the, is I practice the, um, the culture of bio or the idea of bioindividuality that we're all very unique and that we're all different beings. Like you said, with all these different experiences, different genetics, different, you know, bacteria in our gut, like all these different things. So everybody's different. And also, like you said too, yeah, a lot of times we're push, pushing our, um, our health and, and seeking our health outside of ourselves when maybe we need to tune in a little more. And also with that comes projecting a lot of our own stuff onto other people too. So it is, it's a, it's a, there's a, a really beautiful journey to be had. If you know your mission to everyone listening, should you choose to accept it is to really just focus on yourself and really learn, you know, focus and learn how to listen to your intuition, listening to your body, paying attention to all those little whispers before they become scream. And quite frankly, you know, like you said too, like it's very easy to project everything outward, um, but you'll be a lot happier and get a much higher quality of life when you just kind of focus on yourself and, and listen to everything that's going on inside of you physically, spiritually, mentally. Yeah. And there's so many, there's so many clues that our bodies give us, like outside of the things that you said about the whispers, but like, if you're around somebody and they make you feel like drained when you leave them and you're like, I have no socialization left in me for the week, then maybe like you shouldn't hang out with that person. Maybe that's your body saying like this person's draining. Hello. <laughs> I don't have anything left to give. Um, it's just so interesting. Once you, once you really do look inside, you start, your body starts telling you a lot of things and it's like, it's talking to us the whole time, you know? 
like now with me, with food, for example, if I'm hungry, like I've identified that it's not boredom, it's not, I'm thirsty. It's like, I'm actual, I have actual hunger. I'll be like, okay, well, I have cottage cheese. And I'm like, mm, that doesn't really sound good because that's not what my body wants, you know? But once I like start thinking, okay, what's another healthy thing that I could have like right now? I'm like, oh, my body will be like, yes, that, that, you know? So it's, that's just another example of like, just listening and looking and your body gives you so many different answers that you need. Like, even if it's with, again, a difficult person, what is your body telling you? What's your intuition telling you? I feel like your intuition, a lot of times, like it's in your, you can feel it in your heart. Like if you get like tense or it's in your gut too, if like it drops or it feels happy or so many different things. It's just, it's, it really is sad to me that we've kind of been brought up and raised to not trust ourselves and to outsource our decisions and our health and our lifestyle and just like everything. I mean, yeah, we, there's fiber, but you can't fiber your health, you know, take a probiotic, <laughs> be proactive instead of reactive to your health. Yes, I agree completely. Yeah. I'm sure there is somebody working on a way to fiber your health at the moment. I'm sure that will come out at some point because um, everything else has, but no, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. And we, I think particularly as women, we have this beautiful intuition. And I mean, that's something I work with a lot of my clients on. And I'm like, they're like, well, this, you know, source said to do this and this source said to do this. And I'm like, what feels right in your body? And they're like, what? And I'm like, what, you know, what feel like whenever you think about these things, how does your body feel? And they're just like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about because nobody's ever, you know, taught them to think that way and to pay attention. And yes, of course, again, you need to seek counsel from people who are qualified and have you know, spent a lot of time in whatever field it is that you're trying to make a decision about, whether that's your health, your career, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you have to really trust um, your body to, to give you those signals. And like you said, it can be a tightness in the chest. It can be, um, you know, I often, I personally, and I see a lot of women, you know, we get really tense in our shoulders up in here and like our trapezius muscles um, because we, you know, literally holding weight of decisions and life and other people's expectations and all these things in our body. So like, paying attention to how you feel around certain people, when you, how you feel in certain decisions, how you feel in your career. Like, is it, like I could sit here and do this all day, just talk on podcasts and YouTube channels and get on my Instagram stories and just turn on the video and talk all day about health and wellness, because this really lights me up. But somebody else, you know, the thought of sitting on here face-to-face -face answering questions from a stranger. Well, you're not a super stranger, but you know what I mean? From someone they haven't met in person, they'd be like, gosh, that's the most terrifying thing. Actually, in fact, my sister, she's an engineer. Like she, that would terrify her, right? So it's like, you have to trust your body and pay attention to like what actually feels good and what lights you up physically, spiritually, mentally. I'm, that's how I'm, I'm always gonna tie those three things in because it's so important. Yeah, I think that's like, that's, that's the triangle right there of everything, spiritually, physically, mentally. So my last like prying question for you, because you're such, such a wealth of information and I loved this conversation we're having. What is one thing our listeners can do today to change their life? Something that is free to anybody. doesn't cost any money. It could cost money, but it doesn't have to. And has been shown to lower cortisol levels to improve mental clarity, improve mood, improve sleep, meditation. And a lot of people hear that and they're like, uh, click off, you know, but like, 
When I say meditation, it could be a breathing exercise, just literally sitting for 60 seconds and listening to the sound of your breath. Or it could be a free meditation you find on YouTube, relaxation meditation, just literally search that on YouTube. Or it could be some fancy like meditation program you buy through one of those apps or something. It doesn't matter, but it could be completely free. And all you have to do is spend 60 seconds and like that small thing one time a day could literally change your life. And I, I, you know, again, that goes back to people who are so into the Western medicine are like, ew, no meditation, but like meditation has been shown. They put sensors on people's brains and pay attention to how it impacts their bodies and, you know, their respiratory rate, their heart rate, all the things, and they do hormonal tests and all that stuff. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And it's available to everybody just sitting in stillness, listening to your breath. That's all you have to do. So if I just tell people one thing to do, that's it. Start meditating. You know, I have one comment on that. I was one of those people that was like, Ooh, meditation, you know, maybe it's because of more like my religious background that I was like, Ooh, that's not good. But something that I did intentionally, um, was I sat there and I meditated or I tried not to think, or I tried to focus on my breath. But then I also focused on the thoughts that were like crossing my mind. And it's really interesting. Once you realize that your thoughts are not always 100% proof or proof truth or solid indicators of who you are, like a lot of our thoughts that go through our mind are other people's words, um, our fear of like what other people are thinking, our perceptions, Um, It's interesting if you actually sit there and just during your meditation or after and just like witness the thoughts going through your mind instead of assigning a meaning to them. Like, oh my God, that's a bad thought. Oh my gosh. But just witness them and like, let them go along like a cloud, you know, just let them fly through the sky. It's really, you'll learn a lot about yourself and your self-worth and your confidence. You'll, you'll just learn a lot. It's, I think that's one of the really best ways that I started healing was like listening to my thoughts. Cause I was like, Whoa, she's rude myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe everything you think. That's what I tell everybody. Along with the meditation journaling, like getting all of that pent up energy and those words and those thoughts and get them just like out of your mind and onto paper that has helped me so much in life and business too. And I, I think it's important to release that stuff. Cause I think a lot of times we don't want to like talk to people about our problems or I think it's one of one or the other. It's like you either go overboard and you're like telling everybody about all your problems or you keep it to yourself and sweep it under the rug. So I think journaling is that great happy medium where it's like, you don't have to go get other people's opinions and feedback, but you also get it out of your mind and put it onto paper and release some of it, make it a little more freeing. Yeah. Journaling is such a powerful thing. And yeah, I mean, journaling, in my opinion, is a form of meditation. It's a form of mindfulness. So it's, you know, for people that maybe sitting in stillness is really scary or potentially triggering to them for some reason, journaling is a great, you know, alternative to, and I think a combination of all of it can be so beautiful for everybody. So I love that. Yeah. Maybe incorporate it into a morning routine or something. Just because it works for me, doesn't mean it works for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So I had such a great time with this conversation. I think that we covered so many different things and I know we popped on here to talk about hormones, but I think it really evolved to a beautiful place with so much information. You're amazing. So where can people find you? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Where can people find you and how can they work with you? 
Yeah. So um, my I started my my blog and my business is called Holistic in Houston because I'm in Houston and I kind of started with a local presence, but I work with people not just in Houston. I work with people all over the world. Um, so yeah, you can find me on my website is holisticinhouston.com. On Instagram, I'm at Holistic in Houston. And then on Facebook, I'm a Holistic in Houston as well. And um, yeah, I have a lot of really cool programs. I do offer a one-to-one -one coaching program. And then I'm launching, I do group programs a couple times throughout the year. I'm launching in January. You know, everyone, a lot of people do the whole 30 in January. Well, I'm launching the Holistic 30. And it's going to be, everyone that participates is going to get like a bingo card. And it's going to have like a big challenge. And if you fill out your whole bingo card, you can enter to win like hundreds of dollars worth of prizes. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, I do have a self-paced program. It's a 10 day gut reset as well, uh, which people can do. It's really great during the holidays, like in between that time of Thanksgiving and Christmas to just give your, your gut a little reset from all the indulgent foods that we love during this time of year. So um, yeah, that's all on my website and you can, I'm really, really active on Instagram. I get all my stories like almost every day, just talking about hormones and gut health and periods and poop and everything in between. So I love all those things. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to freaking join your bingo thing. That sounds fun. You have so many good resources. I am going to binge them as soon as we get off this, but if you're listening, I will link everything that she just talked about in the show notes below. So if you just scroll up a little bit or scroll down or I don't even know how to like tap, whatever, pull, go to the bottom of this. You will see the links there. Go follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. She has, I'm looking at it right now and she has a whole recipe in her bio about pumpkin bread, which is my jam. So I'm going to have to make that because I'm sure it's really good for you too, right? It's pumpkin. It's a vegetable. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us in the lounge. Don't forget to subscribe, leave some love and reviews and connect with us on social. Do not miss next week where I'm chatting with Maria about something really interesting and hits close to home, which is food addiction and how you can heal your relationship with food. So I will catch you next week.